right. Welcome to the Double Dribble Podcast. This is episode three. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking about the first round of the Western Conference Finals. Uh, this is your host, Joshua Gregory, uh, with my buddy here, TJ. Tell him what's up, hey, TJ. Hey. hey, hey, hey. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right, guys. Last week, we talked about the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, right? Or Eastern Conference first round me there and uh i just want to wrap you know kind of out all right so we had some of the matchups that we talked about right the first round we had Giannis and the milwaukee bucks and uh, orlando uh we said both of us said that milwaukee was going to take that series uh, tj said 41 i said 42 uh toronto and brooklyn uh we both said uh that toronto was gonna uh get that one uh tj said four to two i said four to three the next round, we had uh, number three and number six, Boston and Philly. We both said Boston. Correct, correct. Yep. And then the last game we had, my last matchup, we had Miami and Indiana. And that was uh, both of us saying seven-game uh, seven drag out, but Miami took it. Yep. So, advancing to the second round, we got Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, and Miami. There we go. Now, moving over to the West, all right, we got all these teams in the West. All right, we got the Lakers, the number one seed, right? They're going to be playing the Memphis Grizzlies, the number eight seed. We got the Los Angeles Clippers, the number two seed. They're going to be playing the Dallas Mavericks, the number seven seed. We have the Denver Nuggets, the three seed, playing the Houston Rockets, the six seed. And we have the number four Utah Jazz playing the number five Oklahoma City Thunder. Right on my end, sir. All right, let's talk about this first matchup, this 1v8. You know, we got the Lakers, and we got the um, Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, I'll let you start it off, TJ. All right, so, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, interesting matchup. I mean, obviously, uh, the Lakers are, uh, you know, one of the most storied franchises in NBA history. They got all those banners hanging up at uh, at Staples. They got the greats coming through there, you know, Magic and Kobe and Shaq and now LeBron and AD are creating another, uh, you know, special little thing over there. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> the biggest thing that, that stands out for me is is just that. Like, Bron and AD, I mean, what more do you have to say, really? <laughs> um, the, the Lakers, because of Anthony Davis's presence in the paint, and how he's such a rim defender, shot blocker, glass cleaner. Um, they got a pretty stout defense. And, like, I would say that, you know, besides LeBron's greatness, I think if the Lakers had an identity, uh, I think defense is their identity. When they play good D, they play good basketball all around, and, and they win basketball games. So, um, and then on the flip side of that, Memphis – you know, their offense is, is good, not great. They're not at the bottom of the, you know, the um, the list, but nothing nothing really – Nothing like, stands out, right? <laughs> nothing really blows you away. And then, like, I mean, John Morant, John Morant, he is, he is a real one, but he's still a rookie. So, right, you know, right. I, I think three, three to five years from now, he's going to be just stupid in the league. But, you know, for right now, I just don't know that he can match up really – with uh, with Braun and AD, one thing I did notice uh, as far as like schedules um, is that you know 
the Lakers, they protect Staples well. They're 23 and 8 at home. Um, and then versus the Western Conference teams, they were 33 and 7. Um, so at home and against Western Conference teams, they get the job done. You know, and on the on the flip side of that, Memphis is 18 and 15 at home and 19 and 22 versus Western Conference teams. So they're kind of the contrast there that against uh, Western Conference teams, they struggle a little bit. Right, right. You know, and, you know, I don't want to really, you know, harp on the Lakers because that's, you know, we'll talk about them a lot more later, uh, you know, foreshadowing there. But, you know, with, with the Memphis Grizzlies, man, you know, you spoke on John Morant. He really doesn't even have a 30-point game unless it's in an overtime game. So he had the time and extra time to do that. You know, yeah. and to be honest, the Memphis Grizzlies, they lost to everybody. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a hard matchup when you're going against, you know, the best team in the NBA compared to, you know, some of the other teams that are in the Western Conference. You know, their highest score in a loss was uh, Jackson Jr. So, I mean, there's, there's you know, and that was first of the Bucks. So, obviously, Giannis probably wasn't playing much defense that game. So, it's sleep. There's not much, you know, you can say about Memphis except that they can't match up against the Lakers in the first round right now. I really don't have much, you know, to harp on this except for, you know, this is this is probably going to be a sweep. Um, just to be honest. The Lakers just well, they have, so, too many, they have too many guns. They're too big. They're too fast. So, uh, you know, I you know I did I did kind of a deep dive because I didn't want to just sit here and, and just bash on Memphis the whole time. So I did a little bit of a deep dive, and I was looking at some of the statistics and stuff. You know, one thing that Memphis does really well, um, they are actually ranked really high in rebounding and assists. So, I mean, you know, those are two intangible things that on a basketball court, you know, from all the years we've had playing that, you know, rebounding and assists, uh, sharing the basketball with your teammates and going after those extra possessions, sometimes that can make difference uh, in close games. Uh, but like you said, you know, this is probably not going to have very many close games. It's probably not going to be a very close series. And Memphis has some – Memphis has a couple of losses that are just – kind of unforgivable they they lost at home to both Golden State and San Antonio and both of those teams are just a shell of their former selves they're not not the same franchises right now but Memphis lost at home to both of those teams and I mean losing to Golden State with with no no clay and no Steph I mean they don't really have anybody else so like who 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 did you get beat by exactly put on a good show but that's not going to get you a trophy. Right, right. And then, I mean, as far as the head-to-head, obviously the Lakers have smashed Memphis, you know, in the season thus far. They're 3-1 they're to one against Memphis on the, on the season. So, I mean, it's a pretty lopsided matchup. Like you said, it's, it's really not a whole lot to talk about on this one. So, I mean, we'll get right into the predictions. What do you think? I said it earlier, man, the Lakers 4-0, they just get yeah. the job done. I got the exact same thing, man. I think this is a sweep. I think the defense uh, of the Lakers and then just the sheer star power, they've got AD and LeBron. And then, you know, if if, uh, if, Dan, if Danny Green, um, if he shoots well, you know, if, uh, if Contavious Caldwell-Pope, if he comes out and shoots well, I mean, they're going to have some 20, 30-point wins probably, I think. Definitely, man. It won't, yeah, it won't even be it, – it'll – It'll be one of the the, the playoff uh, the playoff matchups that everybody watches, but it won't be very long. Everybody's gonna watch it because they're wanting to see they're wanting to see LeBron and AD catch alley oops. 
Exactly. <laughs> it's going to be a highlight reel. Um, you know, it'll look like, it'll look a like an all star playoff game. promos made from this round. Um, it's going to be great, but you know, it sucks to be a, a Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, kind of, you know, the walls right now, but you know, yeah, I mean, Memphis, just like as a whole, as a franchise, you know, they, they being an expansion team starting in Vancouver. And then when they moved to uh, to Memphis, you know, like they just really have not ever been crazy good. Like they, I mean, they've had a couple of I guess so-so games that that were memorable, and they've had you know obviously White Chocolate, Jason Williams, he was out there. Um, Both Gasol brothers. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, they they just really have not. Not been not been a outstanding uh, winning franchise thus far. So so all right. So we both agree. Landslide. Lakers take that one in a sweep. That one's easy. Yeah. No easy bunny. <laughs> so if we move over here to this two seven one. Clippers Dallas. So right off the bat, my thoughts on this one. Um, you know, I looked at like I said, I did a dive into a lot of the statistics and stuff. And both of these offenses, man, are like super high-powered, super high-ranked offenses. Um, they both have high field goal percentages, high three-point percentages, yep. really, really high-powered offenses on both sides. Right. I mean, you know, both these teams are 40-point teams. They have weapons all over the court, both teams. I mean, it's going to be one of those matchups where I think it's going to be fun to watch. Um, but I think, you know, I think the better team is a – is going to win this one out. The Clippers, you know, they they won both head to heads, you know, but at the same time, the, the the point spread has been getting closer and closer every single time. Dallas has been getting better as the season rolls on, so it's they've got the rookie of the year, they've got the unicorn, they've got other high flyers, man. I just think it's going to be a fun one to watch, to be honest. Yeah, well, and you talk about so you talked about Luca and, uh, and and Porzingis, you know, one thing that I um, Actually, I got to go. I went to a, uh, I went to a Dallas and Atlanta game uh, back in like early February, and um, there was a there was a gentleman that was going to the game with us who was like a super, super intense Dallas Mavericks fan. He like he was close friends with um, Cuban. He's like good friends with Cuban. He follows all these like secret blogs for the Dallas Mavericks and all this stuff. So he had a lot of insider information, a lot of good, a lot of good basketball info. We had good talks, but one thing that he pointed out, and I I didn't actually know this, and you know when we started doing our research for this, I I dove into it just to see. He was talking about how Porzingis, he never plays the second game of a back to back. Like through the regular season, he almost never plays the second game of a back-to-back, and I'm I'm guessing they do that, you know, for the whole load management thing. Which I mean, we could do a whole separate podcast on that. I think it's total BS. But you know, he he never plays that second game of that Correct. back-to-back. Keeps his legs fresh, keeps his body fresh, and then like you said, the uh, the uh, the rookie of the year, man. I mean, like he's coming out. He's like a legit. Like I would. I would put him in that MVP conversation this year. Like I would say he's at least in the in the top five, wouldn't you? 
I would, and the only reason why I wouldn't say he's a sure shoe-in MVP, you know, because he can creep in there like Steve Nash did a few years ago, but he can't play defense. Um, I have a joke, a running joke, and it is the truth. He's on everybody's poster. He might be the rookie of the year, but he is definitely on everybody's poster. So it's like one of those things where he's going to have to get a little bit more athletic as his career progresses, but at the same time, he's young, and he's really good, really yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, I agree. He's 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 somewhat of a liability on defense. He's not very uh, vertically gifted, athletic, you know, vertical gifted. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's somewhat of a liability there. But man, he can handle. He can pass. He can shoot. Just about anything offensively with a basketball yes. in his hand, he can yes. do it. So it's crazy. I think I think he's a big reason they have such a high powered offense, just because. There's not a whole lot of other guys. I mean, you know, they they got a couple of guys that that can that can that can heat up. I'm trying to think. Uh, Hardaway, Hardaway. You know, he's, or I should say, Hardaway Jr. He's so hit or miss, man. It's like he could go off for like 27 one night, but then he might the next four games he'll drop you know six or seven a game, and so I don't know if they can like count on him on a consistent basis. But, I mean, he can go off if he needs to. Right. And I think in that, with that playoff atmosphere, man, I think that he can, man. And, you know, just to speak on L.A., you know, with Kawhi, he just came off the championship run. But, I, you know, we spoke on it as well with the low management. You also got Paul George, who's also a phenomenal player, you know. He's one of those players that, you know, he's going to give matchup issues for the Dallas, for the Dallas Mavericks. You know, that's – that's one thing that I see, you know, especially with Luka's defensive issues. How do they match up with the, you know, yeah. the Clippers? But, you know, at the same time, you have Paul George who tells you, you know, bad shots are game winners. So, yeah, I, I think well, that he will have some mental lapses as well, especially with all this time off. And, I mean, I think I think if you look at all the superstars for, for the Clippers, you know, just, just having – you know, just having Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, like those two names alone, you'd look at this matchup and you'd, you'd probably you'd probably feel like it's just going to be a landslide. But um, but I, I actually, to be honest, from the games that I've watched and the stuff I saw this season, I I honestly wasn't like completely uh, sold or impressed on the Clippers. Like, do I think they're a good team? Absolutely. Um, and do I think they deserve to be the second seeded team in the right. West? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they got a they got a couple things. Like I'll give you an example. So mm-hmm. versus the Western Conference, the Clippers are twenty seven and fourteen, and by contrast, the Dallas Mavericks are twenty five and fifteen. So they're like a game and a half, two games, you know, difference there. And like. I would expect it to be right. very different. I would expect these two teams to be a lot further distance than that. And so, like, the Clippers, they just right. – and, and they have a couple of losses, too. Like, they lost to Memphis at home and got absolutely blown out. They got right. absolutely blown out by Sacramento. Sacramento, like, come on. <laughs> so, I mean – Right. I think a lot of people would look at this matchup and probably say it's going to be – a sweep or something, but I, I disagree. I I don't think I think this one's going to be a lot closer than 
probably anybody wants to admit or anybody's comfortable with. All right. That's, I, I agree with you. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it goes the distance, but I think, it, you know, it gives both teams a, a little run for their money. I think there's some close games. I think there's some sure wins, but I think there's, you know, a lot of games played in this series. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give my prediction. Uh, I say Dallas wins this one 4-2. to two. Dallas wins 4-2. to two. Yep. <laughs> and there is my upset in the playoffs. That's yes. the upset. Okay. Well, that is quite interesting, my friend. Uh, this will be our first first big disagreement here in our playoff <laughs> our playoff predictions. So I'm the complete opposite of that. I said Clippers win four to two. Um, <laughs> but but I did make a note that this will be a very close nail biter series. I that's literally I wrote it right here. And then I also said Clippers only win because their team has deep playoff experience and Dallas does not. Kawhi has gone the distance, what, three times? Yeah. Paul George has gone all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals and had some battles with LeBron, the whole Miami Indy. I mean, they've had yes. some battles late in the so, – so, so Paul George has been deep in the playoffs. Kawhi has been deep in the playoffs and made it all the way. Nobody on Dallas Mavericks has done anything in the playoffs. So, so while we are disagreeing on the winner of this series – I did, even before you and I talked, I did make those notes that this is going to be close, and the only difference here, the factor, is going to be that the Clippers have deep playoff experience and the Dallas Mavericks do not. And you know, in contrast to what you just said, to your what you wrote down, I, 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 my, I based my theory off the fact that injuries, you know, longevity of players, and those two players that you mentioned, who knows what happens. Had a lot of time off. We're just getting back into it. Who knows what happens? So that's going to be a good one to talk about. It'd be great to see, you know. But uh, I know we'll, we'll stay split on series. that one. All right, we're going to move on to the next round. All right, we've got the Houston Rockets versus the Denver Nuggets, three versus right. six matchup. So I mean, right off the bat, we got to talk about it. Houston, absolute insane, <laughs> high powered, high powered <laughs> offense. They got two of arguably probably two of the top five players in the NBA right now. I mean, it's it's crazy to think about, but they they mm-hmm. got a, a crazy yep. offense, crazy offense. It's playoff yeah. time. <laughs> it's playoff time. You have two MVPs who haven't won a title. So, yeah, sorry, good team. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, so the the, the big thing here for me, though, so even though, you know, those two players and I, and I got to – I mean, I don't really like James Harden all that much. I respect the guy, but I don't like him that much. But Westbrook is absolutely my second favorite player to LeBron. I love the way the guy plays. I love his intensity. I will say, though, as dominant and high-powered as their offense is, it is a little bit scary that they got two guys that are super ball-dominant. Like, both of those guys – Really, to be successful, they they got to start the offense with the ball in their hand. And so, you know, I think that's kind of why this year they haven't really had the success, I think, that everybody expected them to. 
you know, everybody, when they made that trade and everybody saw Westbrook going back and teaming up with his old buddy from the Thunder, I think everybody was like, okay, they're going to run the league. They're going to win the championship. But I think they've struggled because both of those guys have to have the ball in their hand. Right. And it's one of those things where, you know, I feel like during the playoffs that they will definitely, you know, have the opportunity to gel a little bit better. But at the same time, it's these are two guys who have gone deep in the playoffs and haven't figured it out. I think they figure it out together. I mean, I think they do better than, you know, the last year's Rockets team. But, you know, if, if one of them's down, the other one can pick each other up. They've been teammates before in the playoffs. Like, this isn't new to these guys. So even yeah. if, you know, they can't, you know, gel together. I mean, they're scoring more than 110 points a game every game they win. So it's they scored 159 points early in the season, TJ. I just saw that just now. I just saw that. So <laughs> <laughs> ball dominant. Okay, you know they only get they you give they give you 24 seconds to score. If they can score nine every every single point, you can't keep up with that. Well, so. You know, a couple of things that, that you know, that I found interesting. We, you and I talked about how basketball is all about runs and it's all about um, streaks and things like that. And, uh, you know, just, just in the month of March, uh, I noticed Houston was one in four in the month of March before uh, the corona shut everything down. So they were they were struggling a little bit right there in March, and then on the other side of that, Denver was three and three in March, and so I felt like they kind of had a little bit of momentum, or at least they were you know they at least won a couple of games. They were five hundred, but so the the biggest thing that stood out for me on you know with the two ball dominant guys, Houston had a loss. Um, to San Antonio, the game dragged out to double overtime, and Harden ends up with 50 points, and they still lose that game in double overtime. And that's against a really bad team. And so, like, you talked about playoff atmosphere, them picking each other up. This was, like, early in the season, and these two guys didn't have to really get to know each other. They've played together since they've been in the league. They've been friends. You know, they both grew up around the same areas. Like, these guys know each other, and they couldn't find a way to pull out that double overtime win against a bad team. And Harden ends up with 50. So, I mean, I don't have, I don't have a lot of faith in Houston, to be honest. I mean, you know basketball. You know basketball, right? So you know when you like you're really, really good, and you're just like, oh man, all right, I'm gonna do me tonight, but really don't care. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah, you ever had this? You ever had that happen to you? Let me let me tell you a story. So there was this one time in high school. It was my senior year. We're playing a team. I'll not name the team, but we were up by like 20, 25 points at halftime, dude. It was a blowout. Guys in the locker room, we're sitting there chilling. We're over here before the coach comes in. We're over here talking about what we're going to do for the weekend. It's a Friday game. We're all chilling. We've never talked about what we're going to do for the weekend. We never even hung out together. Anyway, fast forward to the last play of the game. It's their ball on the sideline. We are only up by one point. What happened? 
And I think wow. that's what happened in that game. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> we were up by 25 at halftime to a team we beat by 25 two other times that season. You guys got and too comfortable. And we're at home, TJ. It's a home game. Exactly. You got too comfortable. Got too comfortable. And I don't think these guys and I don't think these guys get comfortable, you know, in playoff time. I think it's you winner go home season. And I think these guys, you know, it's a different story. I think it's a different story versus, you know, a Denver Nuggets team. That's fair. That's fair. All right. So then so the head to head between these two, they split the series. They played four games, two to two, both teams protected home court. Mm-hmm. So Yep. So I mean, you got Number three, Denver, and number six, Houston. What's your prediction? I said 4-0, uh, Houston. 4-0, to zero Houston. Yes, I really? did. Really? I did, you know. I, I mean, you got to think, these are two 41 teams. They're good teams, but you have two hungrier dogs on the other team. You know, you've got guys who, who've been there. They, they did it last year. They got a little point to prove, but I think when you, you know, you're coming with haymakers every single time down the court with guys who are locked in who aren't going to lapse. What do you do? Yeah. Say, man, great you got a lot. Season, you guys. got a lot of faith. You got a lot of faith in Houston. I gotta say, a lot of faith. I do not so, have a faith. I actually do not like the Houston Rockets at all. <laughs> so okay, I just, so I so you think it. you think that? I mean, because you know. You know, they went to this completely small ball sort of roster where, like, their center is, like, six foot eight or something. <laughs> like, like they don't have Took a guy over – yeah, they don't have a guy that's, like, over six eight, six nine. So, they're playing this, like, really small ball, fast-paced, D'Antoni, get the ball up in six seconds in the shot clock. Exactly. And, and you really you really see – you see that going 4-0 against Denver, who is a very strong team. I will say they're a strong team. Mm-hmm. Man. I honestly think if you can control uh, – if you control I – can't, I can't remember his name right now. Um, Joker? They drafted – no, not Joker. I, honestly, I, I think if you put Capello on Joker, I mean, this is contained. There's a more athletic player on a, on a bigger, slower athlete. Yes, the Joker is good and control the ball. He can score inside. He's big. But I don't think that that's, you know, yeah. 30 point, woohoo, carries through the playoff win. You know, when you got two yeah. other 40 point scores on the other team and they can score 160 points in a game. <laughs> so, well, so I did, I did actually note that as well. We did not, <laughs> listeners, we did not talk about this. <laughs> so uh, no. I actually did, I no. noted that, that, you know, Denver is a strong team just from the aspect of team basketball, but they really are kind of a one-man show. Like, Joker kind of does everything. Like, he you know, he runs the point. He's, he's a great passer for a big guy. He can score points. He can get rebounds. But, like, they just don't have anybody else really that, that really, I think, can, can put the team on their back. And so, while they are a strong collective group, you know, like you said, Capella is going to be – much faster, much more athletic, can jump higher. I mean, all around, I think I agree with you there. If you put Capella on Joker, Joker is pretty much eliminated, which in, in effect I think somewhat eliminates a lot of the strength of Denver. Yeah, I mean, they got a good power for I can't 
I'm trying to remember his name. They drafted him. He played for Missouri. He didn't play for Missouri. You know his are name? You ta- are you talking? You're talking about on Denver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's oh, a sophomore this year. I was think. I was like, I was thinking of Houston's roster. Going, who are you talking about? No, no, no. no. We're talking about Denver. We're talking about. Denver. Oh, okay. Porter, Porter, Porter Jr. Yes, Michael Porter Jr. Yep. Michael Porter Jr. There you yes. go. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And he's a good player, man. And he's he's liable to break out, but I just don't think, you know, you throw him in the playoffs with Westbrook <laughs> hard and going up the court that fast. I think, you know, you see a few lapses. I, I just, that's my fault. But, you know, yeah. who knows? Well, I think when they, the you know, they also added – they added um, – they added Jeremy Grant from OKC, which I think was a good pickup. And then Jamal Murray, their starting guard, you know, he like he he has stepped up quite a bit this season, but I, I think it's mostly out of necessity. Like he's not stepping up because he's just a stud. Right. He's he's stepping up because there's nobody else to step up. He's gotta step up. And so, I mean, he's had a pretty good season, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I think the X factor is probably, you know, you think the X factor would be uh, Harden and Westbrook, but I honestly I think the X factor is you put Capella on Joker, and I think you pretty much eliminate Joker, and he can't he can't really do anything there. So, so your prediction was four zero Houston. So, because because I have so little faith in the, the, the ball-dominant superstar game, and because both of these teams were pretty terrible at home, I got the series going all the way to seven, and I got Houston winning it four to three. Ooh. So I got I got, I got Houston. Because the teams are so bad at home, I got Denver blowing their home court advantage there and Houston taking this one in seven. Wow. That's – that would be interesting to see, though, right there. Because those, I mean, that is true, though, with the, you know, how their home records are and how they play against each other. So, yeah, I say 4-0. We say the same team, but we just two way different outcomes on that spectrum. Sweeping, <laughs> sweeps in the seven, seven series. Well, I mean, like take it back to our take it back to our predictions with the Lakers. I, you know, you and I both agreed that the Lakers are going to sweep Memphis, and that's just a lopsided matchup. I just don't see this matchup being that same caliber. I don't see this matchup being as lopsided as the Lakers versus the Grizzlies. So that's why I felt like I looked at their home losses. I looked at their head-to-head. I felt like this is probably going to be a battle. They're probably going to trade off games one for one for one. You know, maybe maybe Houston will win one, you know, back-to-back. That'll get them ahead. But I, I got Houston winning this four to three. That's fair. That's fair. So Houston's last <laughs> last last matchup of the West here we got four and five Utah and OKC. What do you think about this? Well, I don't like the Utah Jazz for many reasons. You know, growing up there was a John Stockton and you know Carmelo. I do have a John Stockton jersey. It is pretty fresh. I do <laughs> like John Stockton, um, but uh, I remember watching the last game of the NBA and. Uh, it was had a couple of players. Uh, the Jazz were playing, and uh, 
Roy Hibbert made a joke of the coronavirus, and look at us now. We're talking about the NBA as if it were played because it's not being played. Man. And he was the first player to get it. So, I don't like the Utah Jazz right now. It is what it is. And they actually are playing an OKC Thunder team, you know, with Chris Paul. You know, we talked about him in the first episode, or excuse me, second episode, where he hasn't, you know, won a first-round game. So, or first-round playoff games, playoff matchup. So, Well, okay, so a couple things. So this is a lot like our 4-5 matchup on the on the, uh, on the the East Coast. So, mm-hmm. you know, I looked at their records. I looked at their their – versus the Western Conference. I looked at their home, their away. I looked at everything I could look at. I looked at their stats, you know, offensive production, defensive production. I looked at a lot of things, and I could not find a standout. Um, nope. so then I So then I started looking at nope. personnel. I started looking at personnel, and I started looking at uh, streaks again. So one thing that's, that's cool about at Utah, uh, Utah has got a very young team and a very athletic team. Um, Spida Mitchell, mm-hmm. I mean, he's an absolute stud. Um, he's averaging like 25 points a game this season, so he's having a great season. He's obviously – he's the net. He's the future. Like, he – you know, when LeBron's retired and when, you know, all these other players, like, he's the future of the NBA. He's going to be the next – that you know, him, John Morant, uh, Zion, that's the future. And so he's a stud, but he's obviously young. He's not got playoff experience. And then they got Rudy Gobert, who is an absolute paint commander. Right. I think I called him Roy Hibbert. Oops. Oh, yeah, Rudy Gobert. So, Rudy Gobert, I mean, he's an absolute paint commander, glass cleaner, block party. I mean, he, he's a stud in the paint. So, they got a lot of young guys. But here, here was one, one thing um, that, I, that I looked at on their team is – you know, as far as veteran leadership, you know, when you get down into the playoffs and when you get into postseason basketball, that veteran leadership is a lot of times what sort of drives, you know, because you can be young and athletic and you can run fast and you can jump high, but you got to be able to grind when you don't want to grind anymore. And you got to be able to play those seven game series after you just finished playing 82 game series, uh, 82 game season. And so those veteran leaders are really the standouts, I think, that make the difference in the playoffs. And Utah right now with their current roster, their veteran leader is Mike Conley, who, to my knowledge, I don't know that, I don't know that Mike Conley has ever won a playoff series. I think he may have with Memphis. I think Memphis won around. I think – has Memphis won around playoff game? Well, yeah. so, I mean, just the fact that we have to have that conversation and say maybe – Mike Conley is their veteran leader, and he has very little postseason resume. So you got this young team. Of course, they're athletic. Some of these guys on their team, is they're the future of the league. But their veteran leadership is Mike Conley. So I don't, I don't like that. And then, you know, on the other side of that, OKC, same thing there. They got a bunch of young guys, but they do have Chris Paul. And we talked – a couple of times, Chris Paul's playoff resume is not the greatest either. But Chris Paul is an Olympic gold medalist. Chris Paul is basically best friends with Dwayne Wade, champion, uh, the late Kobe Bryant, champion. 
LeBron James, champion. I mean, like, Chris Paul's been around winners. He may not have led all of his teams to championships and postseason victories, but he's been around winners. He parties with winners. He vacations with winners. So, you know, OKC's got this young, talented, athletic team, and then they got Chris Paul as their veteran leadership. That's what, how I feel about it. And then and then uh, just Alexander right. – OKC Gilgis Alexander, he's having he's having a mm-hmm. season, dude. He basically doubled all of his he production is. stats, like points, boards, everything. He he basically doubled it from last year, and last year was his rookie year, so it's only his second year, and he's doing that well. I agree, I agree, but I just I, I see it going, you know, I just think it's just, I think one of those legacies that Chris Paul can't get 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 down, man, and I think that Mike Conley, you know. <laughs> his veteran leadership overpowers Chris Paul's on this one. Really? But it's a hard fought battle. Okay. But it's a hard fought battle. I do, okay. man. I just, I just, I, re- I really, I really do, man. I mean, the, the matchups are one to, you know, in the series are one to one. I mean, and you also said, you know, 10 point game can go either way. So, I mean, both games have been 10 point games. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know what's funny about that? So, when I saw the head to head, it was one to one. I was thinking, gosh, they haven't played each other hardly at all. You know, fun fact the next game on their schedule was against each other. So, right, <laughs> like the last game that they played was like March 8th or March 9th or something. And then the corona shut everything down and postponed the season. Their next game was March 11th. They were so their next game against each other. So I was like, oh, that's kind of funny that we're talking about their playoff matchup. And, you know, had we not had the corona, we would have – that would have been the next game. So, wow. That, yeah. That's 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 one thing. And then that would have been the tiebreaker, huh? Yeah. Yep, wow. yep. Well, and they had the, the four – because the West Conference teams, you know, they always play each other four times. So they had another game that was like one of the last games of the season – it was like late, either like really late March or, you know, right in the middle of April, right before the playoffs would have started. And that was game four. So, but March 11th, yeah, that was supposed to be their next matchup. So, so it sounds like you're kind of leaning towards Utah on this one. Yes. And I did state before, I do not like the Utah Jazz, but my prediction will be the Utah Jazz wins this series in seven games, so four to three, sir. Okay. Okay. All right. They will probably lose one at home, but they will definitely win one at home as well. Or win one away as well. So, there you go. So, let me run this by you, see if I can change your mind on this. Okay. So, you know, we talk about streaks. So, mm-hmm. Utah, late February, mm-hmm. they had a four-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, late January, they had a five-game losing streak. So, out of the last, you know, 20 games or whatever that they were able to play, they lost 10 of them. (laughs) So, then on the other side of that, OKC's been getting a lot of buzz and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of momentum towards the back half of the season. Mid-January, OKC started a five-game win streak. Then late January, they go on another four-game win streak. Then late February, they have a five-game win streak. And then in March, they had a three-game win streak right before everything ended. 
So out of the last like 25 ish games for them, they won like 20 of them. Hmm. So going into this playoff series, you still thinking Utah with all that I'm momentum? So- yes. And this is why. Because if the playoffs were to start today, they would win the game. Why? Because at the end of the season, right before the season ended, we know that Rudy Gobert and maybe even Spider Mitchell had the coronavirus and they're not flu game Jordan. So, yeah, no, I'm sticking with my prediction. All right. All right. I just want to run that by you and see if I can change your mind. <laughs> no, nah, man. All right. So, you got Utah in seven, four to three. Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, so I'll move to my prediction then. So I'm actually going OKC in six right here. Okay. Okay. The first disagreement of the rounds. Yeah, I say uh, I say OKC, OKC in six, and uh, and I'll go even a step further. I, I think you know both of these teams have inconsistencies at home. Throughout the season, both of these mm-hmm. teams are young, inexperienced, and we've talked about their veteran leaders are not not really proven playoff winners. I think Utah's got home home court advantage in this. I think that they split that first home court one to one, so Utah loses their home court advantage. OKC is a really difficult place to play. If you remember some of the playoff series. Uh, with Miami and OKC, their fans are insane. They're crazy. Um, it's like a, it's like, a, it's a, it's like Cameron Indoor Stadium. Honestly, it's like a college basketball game in there. It's crazy in there. And uh, so I think OKC wins both of those home home games. So now they're up three to one. I think in Game Five, Utah bounces back and wins that at home, but then OKC closes it right there at home in Game Six. That's what I mm-hmm. think. Hmm. I mean, all right. That's I, I. I hear you, but I. I. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't agree with that. I just Uh-oh. don't. Man. I just don't. <laughs> I think, you know, I think what happens is Utah wins the first one, or the, yeah, Utah wins the first one. Oklahoma, because you know they're they're a good team. Like you said, they got that veteran leadership. They get streaky. They don't like to lose a lot of games. You know, back, back to back. But, you know, Oklahoma, they, they, they take the second one. Boom, there you go. Series one-to-one. You know, that's where, we're, that's where we're at in the season anyway. Second game, Oklahoma takes the second one. You know, it is what it is. They're, they're streaky. You, like you said, they, they go on win streaks. Game four, Utah gets it back. We're back where we started, man. It's a, it's a, it's a tied-up series, right? Right. And I think, honestly, we just go home court advantage out. And that's it is what it is. Okay. So then for our next podcast, we're gonna have to flip a coin on this to determine the winner. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> um <laughs> I, I I like your arguments. I do. I just Chris Paul's been doing too many state farm ads, man. <laughs> He's not ready to be a champion. Right? His garage is all messed up. I mean, <laughs> he's got so much on his plate. He can't <laughs> play basketball. <laughs> I know, right? He's got robots and, you know, he's got to polish his bowling balls. 
I'm man, I just, I just, I, I just think like it's. I mean, we've talked about it. You know, he is, he has had the bug. You know, he's the, the the no playoff winning bug. But man, he parties with winners. He parties with winners, man. He goes on vacation with LeBron James. Like he, the stunt he, double is Carlson. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's not a I'm good look. Messing. I'm just it's messing. Not a good I'm, just, I'm just messing, but it is true. I just, right. I, I mean, I don't, I, I like OKC, man. I really do. I like the franchise. I like what they stand for. I like the fact that, you know, he's going back to the franchise that, you know, when New Orleans and all that stuff went down, you know, he was, he was played for New Orleans when that happened and he moved to New Oklahoma and he was on that yeah. team for a little bit. So it's like, I, I, I feel the homecoming, but I think they got to put a little bit more, neg- a little bit more behind them, honestly, if they want to win the playoffs. All right. After getting well, rid of Westbrook. Okay. Well, so then for the next episode, when we get into this second round, we'll flip a coin. We'll figure out what we're going to talk about there. So that's a wrap on the, uh, the Western Conference first round. We got uh, we got the Lakers. We agreed on the Lakers. We yes, got sir. the Clippers. We agreed on the Clippers. We got yep. Houston. We agreed on the team, just not the games. So we got Houston. And then we got this big one here, Utah and OKC. We'll flip a coin on that one and figure that one out for for next week's episode when we talk about the second round. But that's everything. You got anything else for them? I like my odds at 50-50. <laughs> uh, no, man. It's going to be interesting to talk about the second round. Um, I like my odds at 50-50 on that one. But uh, that'll be, you know, I'll take the L because I just, just don't see it. But I do see it. We'll see you next week, guys. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Second round of the playoffs. Take it easy. Peace.